tonight, we've been talking about catching a vision. It says where there, Proverbs tells us where there's no vision, people perish. And there are people perishing all around. There's, there, and um, it's sad. Uh, yesterday, if you watched the news at all, you found that uh, you saw where people were killed and where two groups of people clashed and then somebody ran a car through and we're living in a crazy times. People are fussing and fighting. And I'm going to go off track before I get on this message and caution you. Be careful about your social media. I don't care if you're on the right politically or on the left politically. Things that you think are funny, things that you think are um, poignant, uh, it is causing division like we've never seen before. You throw in people just making stuff up and posting it out there, and somebody will say, oh, that sounds good, so they'll repost it, and crazy things go all over the place. Nobody's talking to each other, and it's causing us to get to this place where we're fighting one another. It's not healthy. It's not American. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. First Peter, just that's just a, a sideline. Be careful. By the way, you know, one more thing on that, because it, it's really, you need to understand. Um, you don't see me post a lot of political things, because I have people that follow me Facebook-wise all over the world. Some are lost, and I want to try to be a testimony to them. And a lot of times when we post these things and make these comments and, and all, um, you're eliminating your ability to witness to them because you are fulfilling a stereotype. And again, I'm talking to people on both sides of this, this thing. You are, you are fulfilling a stereotype uh, that is, again, not productive. It kills your credibility in giving the gospel. What's more important, your opinion or getting people saved. So that's my challenge to you this morning. Think through these things before you do it. I know some of them are funny. I laugh at some of the stuff too. Some of them are meant to be funny. But what's the bigger cause? The cause is the cause of Christ. And as we see our society falling apart quickly, the only thing that will heal it, the only thing that will make a difference is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So please, think about that first before you repost things. Now, 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm going to read oh, about four verses, four or five verses, but we're going to actually go through the whole chapter. 1 Peter 1, 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be bought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That word holy means properly whole or entire, perfect. In the moral sense, it is perfection. It's a pure heart. When we talk about God, we say he's holy because he is perfect and pure. In our lives, a, a man that is called holy, it, it, it happens when his heart is conformed to some degree to the image of God. As we are uh, 
being transformed, the more we become like God as we grow in our faith, the more holy we should become. It's sometimes used uh, uh, synonymous with good or pious or godly. And the Bible's telling us here how that we are to be holy like God is holy. Now look, I'm going to tell you all a story. And before I do this, before I use this illustration, I want you to understand that I'm, not, I'm going to be talking about what it is to be an American serviceman stationed overseas. And I want you to understand that, that, that I'm not equating an American with the gospel. I'm just trying to use it to illustrate a point. How many of y'all were in the military and served overseas? You remember that, the, the talk that you got, the good American talk when you came into country? That most people just obliterated. They didn't think about it. But when you come into country and people tell you, now look, you're an American. And in my case, I was an American airman serving in the Air Force. And uh, the first time I went overseas was to the UK and then later to Okinawa, then Korea and Philippines. And, and I got these talks every time. We're to be a good American. We're to represent America well. I'm to represent the U.S. Air Force well. I'm to represent uh, uh, my, uh, my squadron well. And I'm rep to represent my fellow airmen and federal, uh, fellow servicemen well. That's the, the nut, that's the nutshell of all of that. But as we come, you're going to figure out, according to the Scripture here, and I'm going to use this parallel as we go through these different points, First point is that we are strangers. We are strangers here. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. First thing we need to understand in this matter of holiness is we're going to get there and how, we, how to get there is one of the reasons we need to be holy is because we're strangers in this world. This isn't our home. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. We are strangers here. We are ambassadors here. Listen, when I first went to the United Kingdom, I had never been to England. It was a strange place to me. It was, I thought they were going to be just like us, but they're not. They're different there. They live differently. They surely talk differently. I had the first talk I got to was, there's certain things you don't do. You got to be very careful about peace signs. Because in England, if you, that's victory. But if you turn that around, that's a bad sign. That's like us giving someone the middle finger. So you don't want to do that, right? I'm an American. I don't want to go around offending people. We are strangers there. When I went to, to Okinawa, we were definitely strangers there. And it, I was even, it was even stranger because Okinawa was just overrun with Marines. 
How many of y'all were in Marine Corps? Probably just offended most of you. For an Air Force guy, Marines are very strange. Korea was a whole different world. Philippines was a whole different world. We are, we were, I was a stranger as an American, as a serviceman. And I was an ambassador of the United States. Do you, really, do you realize that? Our servicemen are ambassadors. We're showing people in other countries what our country's like. I was an ambassador for the Air Force. Those Marines, man, they didn't know how to behave in Okinawa. The, the, the Okinawans. <laughs> you see, we were asked to behave a certain way to uphold who we are as Americans, to uphold who we are as airmen, Marines, soldiers, and sailors. We were asked to do that because we were strangers and ambassadors in another land. Let me bring it into the scripture now. We are strangers in this world. When we receive Christ as our Savior, this thing of salvation, this wonderful thing that we get, that's, like, that's the second point. Let me go ahead and give you the scripture, then I'll make the application. The cost of our salvation. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, a silver or gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. As an American, we have a heritage that costs blood and tears and all to give us the, the opportunity and the privilege of being an American. We are blessed beyond any other nation in this world. But there was a cost to it. Much more a cost was our salvation. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, was buried, and rose again, he purchased us. Something perfect purchased us who were imperfect. And because of that, we, when you receive Christ as your Savior, you're a stranger in this world. You are different, and you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. We are held to a high standard. Why? As Americans, we are privileged throughout the world. As a believer, as a believer, we have eternal life. We have our sins forgiven. We are not part of this world. We have an eternal inheritance. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 to 5. Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. you see who we are in Christ? We are redeemed, reconciled. We have an eternal inheritance. We are citizens of heaven who are strangers in this world. So as we walk through this world, it is so important for our credibility. 
for the credibility of Jesus Christ, for the credibility of His church, for the credibility of our salvation and our internal inheritance that we be holy, that we behave ourselves in a way that is pleasing to God. You ever wonder why we're supposed to behave ourselves? Well, credibility is a great big part of it. Of course, we are to obey all things Christ has commanded us. And why has he commanded? Some of that is so that we can have credibility in this world as we are ambassadors bringing, <clears throat> bringing the knowledge of a Savior, presenting it to people so that they might be reconciled to God. See, this is highly more important than any other thing that we do in this world is to bring people to back to God, to reconcile them through that message. And I want to tell you something. If we don't have credibility, if we are not holy, then our message stinks. I've told a story and I'll tell it again. <laughs> Sat in a bar one night. Oh, I was saved, but I was backslidden, living the way I wanted to live. Got in a, got in a discussion about religion, and I gave a great plan of salvation to someone. And they just kind of said, yeah, that's good for you, but we went on, on on the conversation. You know what was missing? I had no credibility. It was just one drunk talking to another drunk. So that person, even though he heard the message because the messenger was not holy, rejected it. I wasn't much of an ambassador for Jesus Christ that day. You see, as you're out there, as we are strangers in this world, as we're ambassadors for Christ, because of our, 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 the cost of our salvation, because of this internal inheritance, we must be holy. We must live lives of credibility. Friday I went to get a uh, computer monitor, and I was at Best Buy, and it, it Friday had just been a real aggravating day. All sorts of little things happening. It was, it was one of those, you know, just everything's kind of, off-kilter. And I went in, and, and it was off-kilter trying to deal with this person getting the, this thing done. And I was starting to get aggravated and starting to get a little bit not nice. And I backed off. I said, you know, I'm sorry. I, I've had, this has not been my greatest day, and I'm not, I should not take it out on you. Please forgive me. How often do we do that? Or how often do we just demand and boss people through? We lose our credibility. Not only that, we need to love our brothers and sisters. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ, and that makes a difference. Let me, let me read the scriptures, and I'll, I'll uh, make the illustration. 1 Peter 1.22 says this, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Romans 14, 13 says this, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. 1 Corinthians 8, 9, But take heed, lest ye by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. 
Those of you who have been overseas, don't you just hate having to live down the rest of what, what the, some of those bad soldiers and airmen and sailors do? You know, we've been actually been kicked out of countries because of the behavior of, of our uh, military people. And, you know, I walk on there, and I'm not like that guy, that Marine that's getting beat up by the little Japanese guy at B.C. Street. How many of you been to Okinawa? Anybody? Okay. You know where B.C. Street is, probably. That stands for bring cash. Um, it's all full of bars and stuff, and all the uh, guys get down there. Usually guys just getting to the rock. That's another term for Okinawa. They get down there, and they start drinking up, and they don't know the rules yet, and they hadn't figured it out, and they start trouble, and some little uh, Okinawan guy wears them out. But because we misbehave, other Americans suffer for it. Now let's bring it to us. Because us, we as Christians misbehave, other Christians suffer. And if we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're going to behave ourselves so that the rest of us don't have to put up with the negativity that comes from you, from our bad behavior. You understand what I'm saying here? Talk to someone who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. What are they going to say? Oh, church is nothing but full of a bunch of hypocrites and mean people. They don't care about us. Why do they get that impression? Well, it's not how we have behave in here. It's how we behave out there. And maybe sometimes it's how we behave in here. We are to be holy because we love our brothers and sisters. And I really hate to make my brothers and sisters have a hard time. I hate I. <laughs> How many of you like to answer for the behavior of somebody else? But as believers, we have to do it all the time. You see, we need to be holy because we love our brothers and sisters, and we don't want to put them in a situation where they've got to answer for our bad behavior. One more thing about this behavior thing and, and loving our brothers and sisters Understand, our troubles here are only temporary. You know, the difficulties we're going through, they're just temporary. Verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice now through a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That's trials. Verse 7, That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now you see him not, ye yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Wow. Our troubles here are only temporary. The difficulties we are dealing with, the difficulties that tend to bring out the worst in us, they're only temporary. They're not going to last forever. Man, some of y'all this morning, it, it took everything you had to get here. Your bodies are breaking down. My body's breaking down. <laughs> Too much time out in the sun yesterday. I noticed Eric walking in limping. He's too young to be all beat up. Miss Sylvia looked at Eric and, and uh, Larry this morning as they're going to go practice the, the songs, and, and Eric's limping and Larry's limping, and she goes, 
I'm a lot older than them. What's wrong? I said, it's the life you've led. We have been beat to death. We have not taken care of ourselves. But these troubles are only temporary. These things, that, 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 these trials, these difficulties, they're only temporary, and these things are making us stronger. They are, they are uh, making us more patient. They are used to bring honor and glory to Christ as we go through these trials and as our faith, our holiness shows through. These trials become precious, more precious than gold. Troubles are temporary, but the Word of God is permanent. All flesh is as grass, verse 24 says, and the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof fadeth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Folks, we need to live holy lives. We need to embrace holiness. Listen, the, our credibility demands it. The cost of our salvation demands it. Our hope of heaven demands it. We must be holy. How do we do that? Simply, we start by getting our minds straight. My daughter had to change this on your outline because I had it on my outline, get your head straight, and she thought somebody might take that wrong way. 1 Peter 1.13 Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be bought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Romans 12.2 Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. I'm about to that last part just a little bit. We have got to change the way we think. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change what goes into our minds. I caution people all the time. Be careful what you watch on TV. Be careful what you listen to on the radio. Be careful... Man, the media that just, we are overwhelmed with information today. And too much of it just seems to be not true. And as we're overwhelmed with all that information, our mind has to process it, and we start making decisions based on it. And a lot of those decisions are not glorifying to God. To renew our mind, we have to put God's Word into our mind. That's the things that's pure. That's the thing that's, that's worthy. Philippians 4 tells you to think on these things. And it lists a whole lot of things that we're to think on. And the only thing that even comes close to, to that is God's Word. It's the only thing. So if we put God's Word in our heart, if we put it in our mind, we say no to this world and yes to God's Word, our mind will start being developed into a holy mind. And believe me, that's where the battlefield is. It's in our minds. Our minds shape our hearts. And our hearts are what people see. So as we put God's word in our mind, as we dwell and meditate on God's word, as we allow it to transform us into ambassadors for Christ, 
as in strangers in this world, as in the people who are reconciling the lost to God, we will start thinking in holy ways. We will, as we think in holy ways, we will act in holy ways. What a difference that will make. Be careful what you intake. I know, years ago, preacher would always preach against TV. Don't watch TV. Never understood that. Don't go to movies. Don't do this. Don't do that. There were some reasons why they said that. Some of us just went ahead and, and where I was at, okay, that's what they're telling me to do, so I've got to do that now. There's reasons why that happened. Sometimes we didn't get the reasons. The reason is that if we're not careful what we take into our mind, we start thinking like the world and we lose our holiness. We have to put more of God's Word into our minds and to our hearts so that we start acting holy. Let's get our minds straightened out. Not only that, if we're going to be holy, <laughs> this is a good one, we have to develop the fear of the Lord. 1 Peter 1.17 And if you call on the Father who without respect to persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time for your soldiering here in fear. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Uh, I've got 15 verses here out of Proverbs alone that talk about the fear of the Lord. For they that hated knowledge did not choose the fear of the Lord. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. You see, we have lost the fear of the Lord. We sometimes talk to the Lord like He's our buddy. For us as believers... The fear of the Lord is that awe, that respect, that humility before the God of creation. We have been reconciled to Him. We don't have to fear His judgment and His wrath because that's been taken away by the blood of Christ. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you're not under wrath anymore. You are accepted into His family. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But we have, to look, we have to look at that God with awe, with respect. Remember when you were a kid and you got left home and the, the mom and dad were out and you did everything you could, you know, you, and it, but you knew what time they were coming back so you want to have everything put together because you didn't want to get in trouble when mom and dad came. I posted something on Facebook the other day. It was kid getting tore up with a switch some of y'all saw that it was funny my, my, my mom used to make me go out and pick a peach switch man if y'all have never been swatted with a peach switch it will make you dance like crazy I hated that peach tree I, it was awful my mom no, I noticed on the, the comments my mother said I got them, and I gave them. 
Boy, did she ever give them. I feared that peach switch working over my legs. My grandmother would say something like, Boy, I'm going to tan your hide. I didn't want my hide tanned. Okay, I feared that. And as I went on, my grandmother had an even more uh, way of instilling fear in me. She goes, Dale, you just broke my heart. Beat me. I'd go ahead and tan my hide. I don't want to break your heart. I feared breaking her heart. You see, there was awe, there was respect, there was a fear. And as believers, we have to develop that for the Lord. We have to understand that that our greatest desire should be His smile and our greatest fear should be His displeasure. There's another thing about this fear of the Lord. As a believer, do you realize that those who are not believers, they are under judgment they are going to spend an eternity in hell, separated from God. They're going to have the wrath of God poured out on them. That should terrify us. You have loved ones. You have neighbors. You have people you have come in contact. It should terrify us. It should scare us to death that these people are going to have to face this. And you know what? We have the answer. I know not everyone's going to receive that message. But man, if we live or are living our holy lives and we fear what God, the judgment of God upon the lost, we are going to have the credibility and the boldness to share the good news. We need to develop a fear of the Lord. Finally, if we're going to live holy lives, we get our heads straight, we fear the Lord. And then we understand who we are in Christ. Verses 18 to 25. Think about this. He's talking to us and about us. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, your crazy lifestyle received by tradition of your fathers. He's talking to Jewish people who have all the traditions and all the religion That was vain life. We were not redeemed by that, but we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and to unfade love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all the flesh, for all flesh is as grass and all glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth The flower therefore falleth away, but the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You need to understand, we are different. We are strangers and pilgrims in this world. Who you are in Christ 
Do you realize that the world tells us all the time, that Satan tells us all the time, that, that, that we are not accepted? That we have to, we're not valued. We're not, we're not good for anything. Why do you think there's so many kids have such difficulty? They don't know that, they, that they're loved and, and cared for. In Christ, we have acceptance. He's accepted us as we are, unconditionally. He has loved us, and when we receive Him as Savior, we are accepted by the God of the universe. We also have security. Because that security, we have the security that we are going to be with Him in heaven forever. And we have significance. We have a purpose in this world. Hey, quickly, just, just a few things. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord in one spirit. I am bought with a price. I belong to God. See, you are accepted. I'm a member of Christ's body. I'm a saint. I've been adopted as God's child. I have access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven, and I am complete in Christ. How much more accepted do you want to be? By the way, there's a whole bunch more. Every one of those things has a verse to it, and there's a whole bunch more. We could be here all day, me just quoting verses about how you're accepted in Christ. But not only that, you're secure. You're free forever from condemnation. Romans 8, 1 and 2. I am assured all things work together for good. Romans 8, 28. I am free from any charge against me. Romans 8, 31 to 34. Pretty much Romans 8 will give you how secure you really are. I cannot be separated from the love of God. 2 Corinthians says, I'm established, anointed, sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that God, uh, that the good work that God has begun in me will continue. I'm a citizen of heaven. And it goes on and on and on. We are secure in Christ. We're accepted. We're secure. And you are significant. You are salt and light. You are a branch of the true vine. A channel of Jesus' life. You have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. You are a personal witness of Christ. You are God's temple. We are ministers of reconciliation to God. We are God's co-worker. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. We are God's workmanship. We can approach God with freedom and confidence and boldness. And we can do all things through Christ with strength. You see, we are strangers in this world. We have such privileges. Why do we live like we don't? There's a story about an eagle. There was a, a, an, an eaglet. A man found a young eagle that had fallen out of his nest. He took it home and he put it in the barnyard with the chickens. So that little eagle is going around eating food and, and he's acting like a chicken. He learned to behave like the chickens. And one day a naturalist came by and, and uh, the farm and asked why that beautiful eagle was acting like a chicken. Hanging out in the barnyard. Well, the farmer just said, well, since he had given it chicken feed and trained it to be a chicken, it had never learned to fly. And uh, so it behaved like chickens. It was no longer an eagle. 
the naturalist said it still it has a heart of an eagle and it can be taught to fly so we lifted the eagle up toward the to the sky and said you belong to the sky and not to the earth stretch forth your wings and fly the eagle was just confused he did not know what to do so he jumped down and started eating chicken food naturalist took the bird to the roof of the house and urged him again you're an eagle stretch forth your wings and fly but the eagle was afraid of all his unknown self and the world and jumped down once more for the chicken food Finally, the naturalist took the eagle out of the barnyard to a high mountain. There he held the king of the birds high above him and encouraged him, saying, You are an eagle. You belong to the sky. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle looked around, back toward the barnyard and up into the sky. Then the naturalist lifted him straight towards the sun, and it happened that the eagle began to tremble. Slowly he stretched his wings with a triumphant cry, soared away into the heavens. It may be that the eagle still remembered the chickens with nostalgia. It may even be that he occasionally revisits the barnyard. But as far as anyone knows, he has never returned to lead the life of a chicken. Folks, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become new creatures. We are not made to hang out with the turkeys. We are to soar with the eagles. We can be very holy people when we realize who we are in Christ and we live out that great privilege that we have. We are strangers in this world. As an American airman, stationed overseas. I took it very serious that I needed to represent my country well. I needed to behave myself. I didn't always behave myself, but I needed to behave myself. I took it very seriously that I wanted to represent the Air Force well. I thought it was the best branch of service, and I wanted everybody else to think that too. I wanted my friends to be represented well. I wanted those fellow airmen to not have a hard time because of my misbehavior. So in somewhat way, I tried to be, be holy for the Air Force. How much more do we need to do this for our God? Be holy as I am holy. Catch a vision for holiness. And as we do, we will build relationships and reach this world. As we live holy lives, we will, we will invest our lives, that's holiness, and our treasures, and we will build a Bible-centered, spirit-filled body of believers. We will exemplify Christ's love, and we will glorify God. Be ye holy as I am holy. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you made us different when we received you. I pray this morning that uh, if there's anyone here that's never trusted Christ as their Savior, that uh, they will 
they will realize what a, what a cost it was to reconcile them and that they'll receive that wonderful gift that's free to them. Father, for us who know you, Lord, may we get our minds together. Lord, may our fear of you, our awe and our respect and our fear of the judgment of the lost propel us to live the life that you have made us in Christ, that we be holy as you are holy, and that we love one another and we love your creation, sharing the wonderful gospel to all who will hear. Father, make us better. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. Whatever God's leading you. Thank you.